wants to show you. Welcome to the 22nd episode of The Sirens of Scream, the geek podcast that proves sometimes dead is better. I'm Sierra Hauk, and I'm here with Melissa Megan. Good evening. And Jackie DeVore. Hello. How you guys doing? Awesome. I'm about to be in Mexico. Yeah. (laughs) Vacation time. I'm thrilled. Where in Mexico are you going? Uh, Just Cancun. Just Cancun. (laughs) It'll be nice and touristy. And And I'm going to chill on a beach and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Drink a lot of like margaritas on the beach. Jealous. So jealous. (laughs) Well, Um, should we just dive right into our wrecks? Sure. I just want to say. Yeah. I'm just going to be. I'm just going to be like weird and just say for a minute. I feel like um, the last couple episodes, guys, I've been a little bit disconnected, and I apologize. I have uh, ultimate chaos going on in my life right now, So, and this is a passion project for all of us, so life gets in the way sometimes. Um, I haven't been bringing all the comics as, as I usually do, and I feel like I've not been delivering as much good material to okay. support my ladies here so um, well we think you're just lovely all the time thank you so. yeah <laughs> and i keep getting sinus infections so i don't normally sound like this cool. terrible nasally thing that i sound like right now <laughs> <laughs> so yeah not the best for podcasting i won't be lame forever i promise i'll get i'll get my shit together again <laughs> but i do have good wrecks so yeah go for it where are they Okay, so uh, the first one I want to recommend is I have another kind of another art gallery like I recommended last uh, last episode. This one is called Ars Memoria, and it is actually based out of Chicago. Um, the reason why I wanted to recommend this is because I realized just today that this art gallery, they actually list all of their work up for sale on a website, which not all galleries do that. Um, and they specialize in things that are dark and macabre and, um, especially twisted and different. This gallery is owned and run by, uh, Menton and his wonderful wife, Catherine. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. And, uh, it's also, if you guys are ever in Chicago, they also have a tattoo parlor at the art gallery. So I haven't been able to get in there to see it yet. This has been a fairly new project of theirs. I think they started up about a year ago, but they've been really uh, featuring some beautiful artwork there. And they've done a couple of kind of benefit shows. They have, um, a particular group of art on here that is a benefit for Planned Parenthood cool and so yeah they've done a couple of of great shows to benefit different things in the area but the art is fantastic we should all meet up in chicago and get matching sirens of scream tattoos oh, i'm sold that'd be so fun. <laughs> that yeah that would be fun we should get mentioned prepared for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're going to descend upon your gallery and tattoo <laughs> parlor beautiful stuff um it you know it's it is really um high quality highfalutin art so it's not not a cheap shopping trip but some of this stuff is really really blow mind-blowing and i love this i don't know i've been into this thing lately of like being able to look at art galleries online and and get like little tours video tours and stuff so i feel like i can get out and see more not being able to travel as much very cool so ars memoria it's spelled a-r-a-r-s memoria gallery um and you can find them online and they just put up uh today just put up a new preview of a bunch of new art that's going up in the new show. The art is continuously rotating according to whatever they're showing. And then I have one more artist to recommend for you. And this is somebody that I sort of forgot about who I followed a long time ago and just recently rediscovered. Um, Excuse my pronunciation. He is Argentinian and I don't want to mess this name up. His name is Guillermo Rigatiri. Um, It's spelled R-I-G-A-T-T. I-E-R-I, and he's a sculptor, and he does these really beautiful metal sculptures. Um, His Instagram page is especially fun to follow. Um, Let me see. It's called Rigatieri underscore Esculturus, um, because he's got little videos on there, wonderful videos of, uh, like, up-close looks at these sculptures that he does, and they're incredibly intricate. They're all these kind of, like, really strange, creepy little... Uh, beings. Um, I'm looking at somebody now who's kind of like, he sort of has like a box head with like part of his head stitched up and these big like googly red dripping eyes and a, mm. and a weird like kind of protruding belly and some sort of some sort of what looks like a little ray gun in his hand. So they're always these like weird combinations of kind of creatures and robots. There's a lot of creepy dolls in here. Yeah, creepy dolls. <laughs> like... <laughs> 
they all kind of have this cool kind of robotic effect to them because they're metal plates and little he uses like all kinds of little like rivets and yeah just beautiful little things <laughs> so yeah i think he's amazing and i love following uh the new things that he's doing it feels a little bit like box trolls like i'm looking at one that's like a little baby in <laughs> yeah. like a box uh-huh but that's like cool. To the extreme, creepy. <laughs> I think. I think because it kind of reminds us. It reminds me too of like, um, like that kind of stop action motion stuff mm-hmm. that we first saw, like, like in tool videos. You know, it was kind of when we yeah. first started seeing that used a lot. Um, and it reminds me a little bit of that because yeah, some of these creatures are pretty dark, and, and there's this one little guy that has like a like a giant kind of saw head helmet on with like big teeth and this little tiny face with black eyes inside and just really they're yeah they're like little like misfit hell creatures <laughs> made out of metal <laughs> um but yeah nice. i adore his stuff um and i thought of jackie when i saw these because i just thought these mm-hmm. all look like little demonic like robots and things that jackie would have in her home <laughs> yeah nice <laughs> um, i'm gonna have to go exploring <laughs> The last thing I want to recommend is a beautiful comic anthology. Um, And pardon me for bringing up a topic that's a little bit heavy for a minute, but I just picked up this anthology that I've been wanting to get for a long time. Um, I found a, if you guys are ever in New York City, I discovered a, uh, an amazing feminist bookstore recently. It's called Blue Stockings. Um, it's way down in the East Village, like at the bottom of, <laughs> like at the bottom of New York City. Um, mm-hmm. I went on this full day adventuring around the city with a friend of mine. Um, and they had this book called Love is Love. Um, and it was a comic anthology that was published in December uh, that is 100% benefits have gone to the survivors of the Orlando Pulse shooting. Um, so every single artist and writer in this book uh, volunteered their work to raise money That's really cool. um, for the survivors of that shooting. So yeah, it's it's beautiful. I, I knew that this was going to be an interesting read, um, but it's really like, I will say it's hard. It's like, mm-hmm. I've been crying through a good part of this book. Oh, no. um, it's hard. Some of the stories are heartwarming and are full of kind of this message of hope and love. And then other stories are sort of, you know, little tidbits of a little snapshots of kind of what different people were going through that day and like what the experience mm-hmm. was like for various people. And then other things are kind of like really hard uh, views from the inside like imagining sort of various people who might have been at the club that night, imagining various people who may have left the club or people who, you know, it's just really, really cool and really interesting. Some of it is pure, just beautiful artwork, um, but really amazing stories um, from a lot of super talented people. Uh, funny. What's it called again? It's called Love is Love. And they're funny enough, uh, kind of coincidentally, we talked very recently about Witches, the comic series mm-hmm. from um, Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder. Thank yeah, you. Scott Snyder. I got, I, got, I got a different person, Sean Alexander's name in my head, and I couldn't think of it. Scott Snyder is in this book, and he tells uh, yet another story about his experiences um, as a character in Disney. Cool. Which he also oh, wow. did in The Back of Witches, but this story is completely different and is directly uh-huh. um, applicable to his relationship with the Orlando LGBT community. Mm-hmm. Nice. And how that happened through his work at Disney. So <laughs> this is kind of a weird coincidence. Um but yeah, it's a beautiful book that I highly recommend, especially if you want to support the LGBTQ community right now and those people affected by the Orlando Pulse shooting. That's very cool. That's my other recommendation. Yeah, I want to read that. That sounds really good. That's great. Just have some tissue handy. Yeah, <laughs> just be ready to feel the feels. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'll talk about my recommendation real quick. Um, mostly because this whole episode is going to be a lot of me recommending things. So I don't want to re- recommend a ton. <laughs> up top but i've been reading a book for my book club um and i got to pick this month so i picked a horror thing um and we're reading head full of ghosts by paul tremblay um and it's it's kind of like the exorcist but it's very aware that it's like the exorcist um it's about this girl um whose sister gets possessed by a demon and her family is like about to lose their house and they're like really stressed out so they let a film crew make a tv series out of it Uh, while it's all happening Um, and this all happens when the girl is eight years old and so then the story is kind of told through flashbacks 
and she's telling it as she's an adult. Um, so she's talking about what actually happened and then what they showed on TV and, like, the fallout of all of that and, like, whether or not her sister really was possessed or if she was just faking it. Oh, wow. Um, which, uh, at first I was like, well, this story is kind of like stuff I've heard and, uh, watched and read before, um, because it's very classic, like, young girl gets possessed by a demon kind of story, but the way that it's told, not only through the timeline, but then also because it's being told from the little sister's point of view, um, it's really unique. Wow. That sounds yeah. awesome. It's good. And it I've, I've ripped through it really fast. It's a really easy read, too. So if anybody needs a quick book, that's a good one. I might take that on vacation with me. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> Will you tell me about the Radium Girls? Well, first of all, let's get through <laughs> Don't Breathe. Because okay. the Radium okay. Girls is kind of heavy there. I want to know right, all so, about it. <laughs> yeah. I fell down a rabbit hole with that one the other day. So, okay, first Don't Breathe is a... Uh, a movie that came out last year. Uh, the tagline for it is hoping to walk away with a massive fortune. A trio of thieves break into the house of a blind man who isn't as helpless as he seems. Um, this movie, I liked it, but I also have kind of mixed feelings about it. Like it, it kind of seemed pretty whatever mm -hmm. up until about halfway through. And then it and fucking goes there. <laughs> then it got fucking weird. Oh my God, it got so weird. And like it got weird in such a bizarre and gross way. Mm -hmm. And uh, like we were, I was watching this with uh, my husband Drew and he was like, I'm kind of rooting for the old man most of the way through <laughs> until shit got weird. And no, I'm not going to tell you how shit got real weird because this is something that needs to take you by surprise. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we both turned around and like, oh, God, no, we're we're rooting for these kids, the thieves <laughs> like they, they need to get out of here. Oh, my God. Um, but I have a big problem watching horror movies where um, the people who are trying to escape whatever evil it is are being fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. And this, <laughs> this was yep. one of those cases where uh, the leading lady, uh, I think her name was Rocky. Uh, like she had so many chances to escape these various situations, but would like stop and take a breath and like, kind of <laughs> internally celebrate this minor victory and then get fucking sucked right back into it. So I got really frustrated with it, but I, I have to admit it kept me on the edge of my seat and paying attention the whole time. So I've thought about that before end, too, but then there wouldn't be horror movies if people didn't make stupid choices, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are some where people make some pretty smart choices and things still just go awry. And those ones I really appreciate, like lights out, Mm -hmm. Is one of those I feel like the leading lady was really smart about it. Um, yeah, this is just one of those. She just kept making stupid choices. And that was driving me crazy. I forgot about this one. I couldn't believe that we hadn't mentioned it before when you brought it up. Yeah. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I, I was surprised that we hadn't mentioned it before either. And the um, the blind man, who is, I guess, essentially the villain, if depending on how you look at it, is played by Stephen Lang, who is incredible in pretty much anything I've ever seen him in. He just has mm -hmm. that really creepy energy. Like, if I met this guy in an alley, I would run screaming. <laughs> but <laughs> especially in a movie like this, it just, mm -hmm. it it really worked for him here. I have to say it takes it takes a, a, a huge amount of creativity these days to throw something new and unusual into a horror movie that I haven't seen before. And this definitely yep. goes somewhere that I've never seen before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. that's uh, yeah. And that's that's exactly the uh, the experience that I had while watching this is at first I was thinking, well, OK, this is the same kind of home invasion sort of thing we've seen a billion times. <laughs> But then it got weird. <laughs> it got so weird. Anyway, so that's Don't Breathe, and I would recommend watching it, but um, I don't know. Be careful. Have fun. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say there. Um, so my other recommendation, and this is a little bit of a weird one, it's the Radium Girls. This is a real event that happened around 1917. Um, it will be a movie later this year. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but the Radium Girls was a group of teenage girls who worked for the Lux Radium Company back in the early 1900s. And they uh, sat there painting um, radium laced paint onto dials and watch faces and anything that needed to glow in the dark for uh, World War I soldiers. And uh, back in this time, they suspected that radium had some... Uh, 
bad properties for health and such. One thing that it kind of took a little digging to find out is that they knew it well enough that all of the men in this factory uh, actually took precautions working with anything uh, radium related. Uh, So the men would wear masks and gloves and pick things up with tongs and have ventilation and stuff. But this group of teenage girls was stuck in this room, this you know, packed up room all day, uh, painting with their bare hands with this radium paint. And they were actually taught to lick the tip of their brushes to get a finer point on the brushes Mm. to paint these numbers. So they ingested so much radium themselves, they literally glowed in the dark. Like they actually glowed in the dark. There's actually um, accounts of one of the women's husbands who talked about how she would come home from the factory and hang up her clothes on... um, on a hook in their bedroom and it would glow so much that it looked like a ghost and it, it would like haunt him. <laughs> like he was legitimately afraid of the glowing clothes sometimes. Like he would wake up and see this blurry glowing thing and freak out about it. Uh, so these girls were also nicknamed the ghost girls uh, in some parts too. But so the radium girls eventually, you know, at first they thought, Oh, I'm, I'm glowing. I'm, radiant i'm beautiful that kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) but in a few short years they all started losing their teeth and their uh Mm -hmm. bones started breaking because what radium does in your body is your body thinks it's calcium and it fuses it to your bones but it's not actually good for your bones so their bones started just breaking and their body started just completely shutting down on them. They started a lawsuit against the Lux Radium Company and uh, that, you know, they were poisoning them and that they knew what they were doing. And they actually won the lawsuit, but to really, a really minor. Yeah. (laughs) Well, most of them, yeah, most of them were dead, but even the ones that were alive, like all that happened was the company paid a part of their medical bills. Like it was Mm -hmm. kind of a shitty outcome. Um, But the stink that they caused, because these women would not shut up about it. Like they were going on and on and on and on about it. Like they were shunned by their family, by their towns, by everybody around them. But they're like, fuck this. I've been poisoned. Look at me. Oh my God. <laughs> so by the time that the lawsuit was over, everybody in the country had heard about this and it actually helped uh, create safety regulations when people were working with plutonium on the Manhattan Project. Mm. So essentially, these girls and the fact that they would not be quiet, no matter who told them to be quiet, uh, pretty much created safety standards when it comes to uh, elements like that. But none of them lived to 30. Uh, Their graves, on the other hand, are radioactive for the next 500 years. Um, Whoa. Yeah. So this was a real life (laughs) horror show, basically. And I don't I don't even remember how I stumbled on this the other day, but I seriously fell down a rabbit hole. I spent no less than five hours just reading everything I could about (laughs) the fucking radio. See how you would. I'm just looking at the Google (laughs) images for it. And there's like yeah plays and books and photos and <laughs> and interestingly i found out that later this year an, a radium girls movie is coming out and it's starring uh joey king who is the uh girl who last year i mentioned that i suspected she would have a big uh career in horror yeah that looks like it's happening mm-hmm. for her so cool that's pretty cool there's this- so they haven't uh put out a date yet for the movie, but it uh, sometime this year, so I'm sure we'll be talking about it again later this year. There's this great illustration that I just saw in here with like, you know, it looks like it, it, maybe it was an old newspaper illustration with the mm-hmm. girls yeah. all lined up at the table with the paints in front of them and their chairs and they're dipping the brushes into their mouths and there are um, skeletons with little cups, like serving them. Yeah. Serving them little yeah. cups of... Uh- I guess what is the paint mm-hmm. <laughs> all lined up at the table with them. Each. I think that was actually one of the first images that I just randomly saw. And I was like, what the what hell is, is this? this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, sometimes I fall down these rabbit holes of real life horror stories. And this was definitely one of them. That's super cool. That needs to be a whole episode in and of itself. Yeah. When the movie comes out, we will. Yeah. We're going to talk about this more in depth, I think. Um, For the uh, recommendations that we put on our site here, I did find a uh, 12 panel comic about the Radium Girls, and it was very nicely done. And it's puts the story together succinctly here. So we'll we'll link that for anyone interested. Oh my gosh. Talk about a rabbit hole. I just clicked on the top of the images pages. <laughs> one that says jaw fell off. Yep. <laughs> photos of one, man, you click on that one and that just leads like to all kinds juice. of horrible things. Yep. 
like Ugh. phosphorus necrosis and amputation and oof. I'm glad that what? other girls just were down like, like I want to glow too. The right? Google images <laughs> rabbit they hole they, of horrifying they a, medical problems. They put radium powder and makeup back then Ugh. for people, women who wanted to glow. Um, what really killed me is that in the 1970s, there was uh, a book being written. So this woman went around asking people who were around in that time and who actually worked in the factory with these girls. And one of the men who worked in that factory still claimed that the girls just made it up. Fuck that guy. Yeah. He's probably dead now, but fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about sexism. So yeah, that's what I've got for this week. (laughs) It's good. Well, I think we need to take a break and each Google Radium Girls for a while. (laughs) And then we'll get back to the main topic That's our show for today. We'll be back next week to talk about Radium Girls. (laughs) (laughs) But we will take a little little break and then we're going to talk about found footage movies, which are some of my favorites. very naive. I am so, so sorry for everything that has happened. Dad, I am so sorry. In 1999, horror audiences had their reality twisted with the release of The Blair Witch Project. Thanks to an online marketing treatment that no movie had really gotten before, the fictional legend of The Blair Witch was promoted as though it was real. Moviegoers went into the theater with an entire lore created for them beforehand, with a mockumentary called The Curse of the Blair Witch, which aired on sci-fi before the movie was released, plus fake news reports and interviews with police about the missing teens that were used to promote the movie. The recovered footage was just a piece of the entire production that made even the biggest skeptics have a little bit of doubt in their mind. Although Blair Witch wasn't the very first found footage movie, it definitely showed filmmakers what could be done with that kind of storytelling, and gave a roadmap for how you could make a hugely successful movie with almost no budget. Since then, found footage movies had had a huge boom. Scott Tobia of the AV Club wrote that the found footage movies has since become to the 2000s and 2010s what slasher movies were to the 80s. Even though nowadays found footage gets a bad rep for being gimmicky and cheap, this kind of storytelling has been scaring folks for years. Even in literature, the epistolary novel, which is a story that's told through found documents and things like diaries and letters and newspapers, it's been a favorite of the horror genre. Novels like Dracula and Frankenstein and Call of Cthulhu, and even modern novels like Carrie and World War Z use this style to add a chilling realism that leaves the readers wondering if that could have happened in real life. But, but because you can make found footage movies for next to nothing, we definitely get a lot of poorly put together stories. But when it's done right, it is so, so right. And those are the stories that we're going to talk about today. (laughs) Yeah, found footage is like one of my favorite type of horror things. And I, but I think to like it, you also kind of need to like garbage (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) Accept the cheesiness sometimes. Like, yeah, like I also like ghost hunting shows for kind of the same reason because I like to just pretend that it's real. Um, But there are definitely a lot of movies out there that have done really clever ways of telling stories through like different kinds of what you know how the story is like why why is it all through told told through a laptop camera or why is it all through a handheld camcorder like why are these kids doing a documentary kind of thing um 
So I think it's I think it's given way to a lot of really good stories, but also a lot of really garbage things. <laughs> <laughs> well, garbage is a part of the history of horror, right? Yeah, that for is sure. true. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had shared with you guys. I think it was last week, right after we did our big fears confess our fears episode um Mm -hmm. a video that popped up in my feed somewhere online with a couple of security guards who uh i now i will say disclaimer i have not tracked down this video to see how genuine it really is i just watched it and it scared the pants off of me so i shared it with these (laughs) with these girls and uh because we talked about our fears i had mentioned my fear of uh of morgues and there was these two security guards. They were not in the United States. I cannot remember where they were right now. I think they were. I think they were speaking Spanish, if I can remember correctly. Um, but they were um, had been sent out to a call to a morgue where there was some noise happening, um, and they went to investigate and walked in the front door to these dark hallways. Where at the end of the hallway, they found a. Um, a metal door that was slamming shut over and over again at the end of the hall. Uh, and wasn't it for like the rolling out beds that you put the cadavers on? It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't, oh, but okay. the lights were flickering too down the hall. And so the police officer, the security guards were uh, were videotaping as they walked down the hall to investigate. And when they got to the end of the hallway, right before they got to the door, the door actually stopped swinging shut very suddenly. Um, mm-hmm. And the light flickered off for a couple <laughs> of seconds. The lights went completely off. Um, and that's how you die. <laughs> yeah. And then it came back on and they opened up the little metal door and it was it was some sort of a um looked like there might have been uh like electrical connections inside of it like uh Mm -hmm. like outlets and things like that but there was Mm -hmm. you know maybe a couple of inches of space between where the door closes on the wall there was nothing there it wasn't like there was a door for somebody to stand there so they were kind of baffled by that and and they just you know (laughs) yeah they stand there opening closing and looking at it and look and then they uh they close the door up again they look around for a minute then they leave and they don't really figure out what what's going on but <laughs> the door was slamming open and shut uh so yeah i thought that was really interesting because that just popped up in between our fears episode and our found footage episode and it qualifies super creepy both. yeah <laughs> super super creepy yeah well and sometimes you forget that i think found footage also encapsulates a lot of different things like youtube videos like that one or um mockumentaries and things like that and there's definitely a lot of sci-fi things that get in the get into it too yeah we uh we had decided to look up some kind of top lists i always enjoy when we get ready to do an episode look up other people's like top lists of things that have to do with what we're talking about we had looked up one of those and landed on you know kind of went down one of those like youtube like just follow the dots like oh watch the next one Mm -hmm. and the next one and just let it kind of play landed on a video called five creepiest lost tapes which were found which was not what i thought it was going to be so (laughs) warning you guys when you go looking for found footage stuff you might just land upon actual real life videotapes of disturbing people and disturbing things murders Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll just read really quick. I have, there's five of them. I'll just tell you really quickly what they were. Uh, The first one was, is called Diver's Death. Um, The second one is Paris Catacombs. The third one is Ricardo Bjork Stalker, who was actually a guy who stalked Bjork and tried to send her a bomb and ended up um, committing suicide on tape, which they didn't, they didn't, I will say this video montage, they don't show anything too graphic, um, but they Mm -hmm. show like leading right up to it. Uh, Penhurst tapes and then Croatian stalking. Uh, So there were a couple of things in here too related to... uh, columbine videos that the boys had recorded the shooters had recorded at home and then there was also found tape uh security tape that was recorded inside the cafeteria of the school during the shooting so that was kind of like whoa okay that's not what i expected (laughs) yeah that's right yeah like it's nothing graphic but you can't like you can't see the shooters walking around the cafeteria and like throwing little explosive devices and, and shooting at tables and it's like Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> that mm-hmm. just took found footage to a whole higher level for me. <laughs> yeah. I did not need to be a fly on that wall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I just wanted to tell you guys about that because yeah, that could happen when you start looking for found footage online. I didn't think yeah, that, I didn't really think that it included real things. I always just thought of it as like, you know, created found footage, mm-hmm. but there's real life. Well, found I like, footage. I like going down 
I like going down the rabbit holes of like Bigfoot videos and aliens and Uh things like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's always fun. Um, Coast to Coast, if you guys follow them on Facebook or anything like that, they post a lot of things like that of like, what's the latest viral video that's going around? And they posted that one that Melissa was talking about with the morgue. Um, and like weird cryptid things. Um, that's, Cryptids are fun. That's a good source. Um, but yeah, so what of of like proper found footage movies? Which ones are your guys' favorites? That's a big question. Yeah. I would definitely say Wreck for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wreck is really up there for me. That is definitely like... I think found footage probably... isn't my favorite niche in horror, but there's a few stand out, you know? Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Blair Witch I... when it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I really like the way they marketed that. That was just ingenious. Yeah. Uh, one that I really feel is up there that hasn't gotten enough talk, uh, it just in general, is Creep. I I'm um, so glad that I made you guys watch that movie. Yeah, I definitely watched that off of your recommendation. And it was very, it's it was so pretty weird. unique to uh-huh. the uh, found footage kind so of stuff, So that one has Mark Duplass, right? Um, yeah. And Bill he, Hader, I believe. Is I don't think it's, I think it's just somebody who might look like him. The guy who's filming. Let's see. Um, Patrick Bryce, Mark Duplass. Mark Duplass. So Mark Duplass okay, plays yeah. this guy who um, says that he's dying from cancer or something and he wants to make a videotape for his family. Um, and his wife is pregnant and he's probably going to die before the child's born. So he wants to like make a movie for his unborn son. Um, so he hires this guy and it just goes. So like the guy has a really good excuse for why he's filming this Mark Duplass character like endlessly. Um, but then he just starts acting real weird and it gets real crazy yeah um and that's also i really love movies that can work with a very limited setting and limited cast and just like that's one that really sits in the tension and the weirdness and the awkwardness like you Mm -hmm. can feel that awkwardness yeah and it uh the one thing i really liked about creep is that it was person on person like a lot Mm -hmm. of found footage stuff is like creatures and ghosts and stuff which of course i love but it was kind of unique to see a person-on-person one. Um, I think another one that's, like, one of the best is the VHS trilogy. I think there's yeah. four, but then the fourth one kind of goes off the rails. <laughs> or maybe it's the third one that's bad. But that's one that, like, does a good job of explaining also why you're watching found footage of just, like, these are these weird tapes that were all collected for some reason and these kids happen upon them. Yeah. Um, and then it, it's, it seems like that's a big hurdle for found yeah. footage is why are they filming Exactly, mm-hmm. because, like, in, in, like, the Paranormal Activities movies, it's real obnoxious when the husband is constantly filming his wife, and she's like, put the camera down, you're being stupid, and we're all like, yeah, you're being <laughs> stupid. <laughs> the fuck are you doing? You guys aren't yeah. interesting. Um. <laughs> this one I don't, I remember disliking this movie, but I can't pinpoint exactly why. <laughs> Which one? Which movie? VHS. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's an anthology. Maybe there was one or two that you didn't maybe. like specifically. I just remember somebody mm-hmm. like some some there was it, it's an anthology. Okay, so maybe there was one with was there one, one with of a couple who were really I don't know. I remember like something There was one where a couple was like on vacation um and they're in the hotel room. Yes. And then uh somebody like breaks in and like starts filming them while they're sleeping. Yeah. That might be the one that you're thinking of. Yeah. I don't know. There was something there was something about a couple of uh, the characters in this that just felt like too I don't know, it just felt really kind of like douchey, college douchey mm-hmm. to me and it just got under my skin. I remember the the house yeah. one being quite scary though. The house Yeah, one the was one cool. with the the guys that were on their way to the Halloween party. Yeah. And then they and happen then they upon a creepy house. Ac- yeah. An actual haunted house by accident. <laughs> Yeah, like that, they think I think they're that at the right my place, favorite. but then they're at this place that like folks are doing rituals in the attic or something. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that one was cool as shit. That was really crazy, and that's one of those where you're like, how did they do this exact effect in that yeah. kind of budget? <laughs> there's a I I came across I don't know if you guys looked at this, but there's an entire website called Found Footage Critic, which is I found that one incredibly thorough. <laughs> yep. Somebody really has a passion. <laughs> yeah, like rating system and pulling apart of over 500 found footage. Fi- I didn't even know that there were that many found footage films out there. We're going to find out at the end that it's secretly Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd, I'd advertise that. <laughs> so what are your favorites, Sierra? Um, besides the one that we've, ones that we've already talked about, um, I, uh, I like 
The Sacrament. Did either of you guys see that one? No, that's been on my list to watch for it's, so long. It's really good. It's like um, these guys are, they work for like a website or something. They're going to do a story um, with this one of the guy's sister joined a commune and it basically turns out to be Jonestown. Um, so it's it's them trying to understand why the sister's living here and then kind of like, oh, it's a haven. But then it turns out that these people are really oppressed and they're being misled by this charismatic leader. I think I've seen this one. I feel like this was on one of your lists at some point. It, I might have recommended yeah. it. Um, I think that was on the Halloween list. Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then another one that's really good is Devil's Pass that folks might not have heard of. Um, this is one that's about, there's an urban legend kind of mysterious disappearance story of these kids who go out hiking in some mountains um, in Europe. I forget exactly where, but they all go missing. But the the evidence that's kind of left over at their camp is really bizarre. And like, it looks like some, one of them like ran out without any clothes on and was like for no reason was like not chased by anything or anything like that and like they found like a dismembered jaw next to the campsite or something no no yeah so this this movie is about like what might have happened and well it's like loosely based on that story so it's like what could have happened to those people like why they would have disappeared so abruptly with like no uh explanation um and of course they're out filming a documentary kind of thing um and they happen upon this weird bunker and shit goes real crazy and it kind of gets kind of sci-fi, but then there's still like weird monsters. Nice. Yeah, that's a really good one that like goes crazy off the rails. Did you say that was the one with Ray Weiss? No. What's the one with Ray Weiss? Oh, I, I thought that may have been the one that you uh, recommended before that had Ray, uh, Ray Weiss in it. Oh, no, that one is um is not a found footage movie, but it's oh. good. I forget what it's called off the top of my head. But that's another one that definitely like goes off the rails in a good way in the third act nice (laughs) yeah um uh and one that i watched uh preparing for this episode um that i thought was going to be pretty bad but was actually like surprisingly nice um was called the den and this is one where unlike don't breathe the main girl is very smart and she does (laughs) all the right things but shit still goes really bad for her um so she is I guess she's a grad student or something and she's like doing a study she gets a grant to where she can basically um study the kinds of people who use a chat relay kind of site called the den um so she spends all this time like chatting with strangers and kind of recording she records everything so the whole story is told through her laptop she basically accidentally happens upon this person who turns out to be a real bad dude not to like totally spoil everything but like has been kidnapping girls oh no um yeah so then she she immediately like calls the police every single time which is really great like she does everything she's supposed to do but then eventually the police just like stop believing her (laughs) and then yeah she gets into a lot of trouble i the paranormal activity scared the crap out of me the first time i saw it i gotta say (laughs) (laughs) um I think partially because that whole, like, like the in bed is sacred, you know, with mm-hmm. ghost stories. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And the fact that, I mean, everybody knows that if you get in bed and you right. have your feet and, and arms under the blanket, you're safe. You can't get touched. Right. And it's kind yeah. of yeah. like when a horror writer, like when they go there, you know. Yeah. It's not yeah. fair. Just like <laughs> Just in the grudge blow when she lifts up the sheet and blanket and it's right underneath off, the yeah. sheet with her. And it's like, yeah, that's. That's something that, like, you can't not take to bed with you when you go to sleep that night because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're there. Yeah, it's like <laughs> um, it's like the Geneva Convention of uh, horror movies. Yeah. Like, I found the, the, I found the first two really it. scary. And then after that, I don't know where that story went. It just went out all kinds of weird places. Um, and yeah. then I just stopped. It got yeah, weird. and then it just and it didn't get weird really in a good way. It was just kind of like you guys are just kind of running out of stuff to talk about now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I have watched every single one of those movies uh-huh. more than once. They milked like, it for all it was worth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty obvious at one point. They were like, "Okay, we just need more money off of this name. Yeah. Let's keep putting out shit." I mean, but I think that that along with Blair Witch, I think you have to give Paranormal Activity credit for one of the movies that did really set off the found footage. Mm-hmm. And I think the paranormal activity was one that all of my friends who weren't into horror, they were like, oh, but I watched paranormal activity. <laughs> like it kind of transcended the the barrier and like got into the larger population of people who maybe not wouldn't normally see 
horror movies. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but it still had like a huge effect on on them. Well, they managed to make that couple in that house look so every person. Mm-hmm. You know, so real. Yeah, like that's it. Sometimes it takes me out of a horror film if I watch it and it's based on teenagers because it's just like I can't relate to that anymore. And you know, sometimes the language takes me out of it. Or you know, yeah. One thing that really did it for me with that first one is that the uh, the um, cast was a bunch of unknowns. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I, you know, I don't, I didn't know them they from anywhere else. They just look like regular people. This, yeah, the second one, um, I actually thought was done better, but the leading lady was in the show Jericho, which is like one of my favorite oh, shows. Okay. Yeah, so it was like yeah. hard to get into that world and real. disassociate her from. <laughs> yeah, it's like I know this didn't happen to her. You're not fooling me. Mm-hmm. I'm on to you. I got this. <laughs> Sierra gave us a really thorough list um, on here that I think stretched the limits a little bit on what I thought of as found footage. Um, Yeah, I feel like there's also kind of a a genre of fake documentaries. Right, like mockumentaries. That found footage kind of, yeah, that kind it kind of bleeds together a lot. Um, And so even something like What We Do in the Shadows, which is clearly a mockumentary and is like a really good film. And it's really funny. Um, still kind of feels like it belongs in this category. Um, one of the ones on your list that is uh, an interesting stretch is The Visit. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Because it's not it's not a found, not meant to be a found footage movie, but it's about a girl who's taking footage. So it's like yeah. pieces of it are, are portrayed that way. But I love that and also, movie, so I, I yeah, just had too. to mention it because that's one of my favorites on your list. Also, the movie Sinister is not technically found footage, but it's, like, a story about finding footage. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen that one. Mm-mm. This It's it's not the best movie. Um, I enjoyed that movie quite a bit. It's kind of fun. It's, uh, this guy is a writer, and he writes about true crime. Um, and they move to this new house where this, like, horrible murder happened. Um, and so it's some of the tension of the movie is coming from his wife not liking that he's still doing this and like subjecting their children to it and then also the town doesn't like him being there because they kind of just want to forget about it um and they don't want to be the subject of his next bestseller um and then he starts to kind of uncover these tapes in the attic and is watching them and like starts to notice all of the like they each have this one figure in the background kind of thing um and then it turns out to be this this guy that like takes children basically That's not like funny. a guy but like a spirit that's the kind of cheesy stuff that scares that scares the crap out of me mm-hmm. and supernatural like it that's all it takes for me like watching a movie and you see that thing in the background that's like kind of in the shadows but you can see that it's a person because then the rest of the movie you're just looking in the corners yeah. of the, <laughs> yeah. the shot and like on all the windows and things and it could be right behind yeah. you you it never could know be. <laughs> i mean that movie did have some really good like supernatural jump scares you know I remember that guy, mm-hmm. there was a scene with him, and I like Ethan Hawke too, um, yeah. but there's a, song, a scene with him like going up into the attic to investigate weird noises, which, you know, you have to do uh-huh. in a horror movie. And it's like, don't, it's one of those terrible attics that has like just the ladder going up into the dark hole. God, it's mm-hmm. just like that. I just can't handle that. I can't handle somebody climbing up into a dark <laughs> attic on a ladder. Like, you can't see what you're getting into. I can't handle it. <laughs> Don't you know that you're in a horror movie? Like, I'm just gonna close my eyes until whatever it is up there grabs you, and then I'll watch again. <laughs> <laughs> this is hitting a little close to home because we have one of those terrible attics that just has the, just the don't use it. ladder that comes down. Just don't well, use it. Well, <laughs> we hear noises up there kind of often. And it's like, like, I'm really convinced. Even if you have a flashlight, you can't see anything until you already have your head up there. And then right. you can't see in front of you and behind you, so there's always dark that you wasn't can't. that in the grudge too uh or as well Not well yeah that was like that was like a hole like in the corner of a closet <laughs> oh right. yeah so if you're if you're crawled yeah. into a dark hole in the corner of your closet then you deserve to you get, deserve to die you deserve to get attacked <laughs> by some kind of creepy spiritual child yeah i always send drew up into the attic to look around like I, that's not something i do <laughs> that's not on my list of household duties i still have yet to see the original cloverfield <laughs> Oh, really? Oh, really? It's good. You should yeah. watch it. The guy who films it is T.J. Miller. Mm-hmm. 
who I love. I love him so much. <laughs> Silicon Valley is, is life. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, there's a, there's a lot on this list that I haven't seen. Um, The one that I wanted to watch that I didn't get a chance to get to that I'm curious about is Troll Hunter. You haven't seen Troll Hunter? No. Oh, okay. But we, we, like, so- we talked about it all week. Like, we should try to watch Troll Hunter and just never had time for it. It's really fun. It's uh, it's all subtitles, so you have to be ready to read things. Um, oh, no. <laughs> but besides that, it's really good. Um, it's basically these people in Norway, I want to say. Um, yeah, it's Norway. This town, yeah, this town has uh, a bear in the town, and there's like just a couple of guys who are allowed to hunt bears and like have the licenses for it. And then there's this one guy who's like hanging around, and this bear ends up dead. And they think that this guy did it and he won't talk to anybody and they're all really mad about it. And it's like this whole, um, like at that point, like the government kind of has to come in if somebody's shooting a bear without a license. Um, so he leaves town and this group of students who are like reporters, um, follow him. And it turns out he's not hunting bears. He's hunting trolls. <laughs> <laughs> These trolls look amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's such a good movie. Yeah, I really want to watch it. We have it. Like, we, we got it to, in preparation to watch for this, but I had to... It's also on Netflix, if anybody listening wants to watch it. Very cool. I haven't seen this either, but it looks really awesome. <laughs> yeah, it looks fun. Yeah, you guys are missing out. Um, there's also another portion of, like, found footage, fake, fake footage, kind of, that I want to talk about, is that every so often there's these, like, fake news report kind of things that folks do around Halloween. Um, and my favorite in the world is Ghost Watch. Um, I think I talked about it before, but it's it was in the BBC did this special report of this house that was um, possessed by a spirit. And it's very reminiscent of The Conjuring 2. Nice. Um, and that story. Everybody watching it thought that it was real. They had segments where it seemed like people were calling in and talking about it and like talking about their own stories or talking about like, oh yeah, I know that, that house or whatever. It got to the point where like so many people thought that it was real that they just weren't allowed to air it anymore oh wow um (laughs) like folks were getting really paranoid and like one guy actually thought that his kid was possessed as well like oh my god like in ghost watch um and so every halloween is like a cult classic for everybody to like watch their own videotape of ghost watch so like that kind of stuff like it, it reminds me a lot of um like war of the world recordings and like mass hysteria like oh my gosh this is actually happening but it turns out it was just like a fake horror movie thing it seems like when uh cloverfield first came out they were trying to uh make it seem real yeah they were trying to hit on that nerve too Mm -hmm. and they didn't they they tried real hard but (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i need a solid like two months to catch up on found footage and <laughs> ghost tracking material to what Sierra has experienced. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's Sierra's my list favorite. is <laughs> it's extensive. It's impressive. This is probably my yeah. least like my my least thorough area niche of oh, well, we we balance each other out. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're all good po- podcast hosts. <laughs> well, is there anything in found footage that specifically like turns you off from it? Like the shaky cam kind of thing or some of the actors? <laughs> The shaky cam used to give me some motion sickness, mm-hmm. honestly. Like when it when I first started watching this kind of stuff, like around the Blair Witch era and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've gotten used to it over over the years, and now I can like try to focus on the actual world and not the camera. Yeah. But the one thing that does still turn me off to this day is if they don't have a believable reason for filming all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's my biggest thing is why are you filming? Mm-hmm. Why are you watching this? <laughs> and that is kind of the pitfall with these movies is like anybody could make them pretty easily. So there's a lot of things that get put out that I think aren't as thoughtful as they need to be to actually yeah. move past that barrier of believability of like, why is this actually being filmed to the point yeah. of like, okay, now I can kind of start to believe that what is being filmed is actually real. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What about you, Melissa? Because it seems like you're not really that into uh, uh, found footage, so I want to know, like, why. I think that, I think the <laughs> shaky film thing, definitely. Um, I mean, I love documentaries, and I love, mm-hmm. I love, like, in a movie, when there's clips of 
videos or home video or something like that i feel like it ends it does mm-hmm. add an extra layer of uh genuine and realness to it um and i always expect when i see somebody pop in a movie or especially play like like an old like you know real tape and they project it on the wall and like oh we're gonna watch this next video like there's gonna be something terrifying in that video i know yep because it's the only reason why you watch a movie <laughs> in a movie be showing it. right yep. <laughs> it's because somebody's in that movie that's not supposed to be there um <laughs> <laughs> but so I like that. I don't know. I think just watching an entire film of found footage is hard for me because at some point I do get tired of like trying to keep track of where the camera is and like what am I mm-hmm. seeing and it's it's kind of like the same thing for me where you know sometimes I don't like playing first person video games for the same reason because I get confused about mm-hmm. like what part of the room I'm looking at or like you know it's too easy to get turned around and not sure what's going on mm-hmm. yeah or it's just too damn dark to like know what you're supposed yeah, to be seeing that's frustrating yeah some of the i think some of the most successful found footage ones are ones that go really big towards the end uh-huh. in a good way um like we were talking about devil's pass and the sacrament and another one like that is as above so below john i don't know if you guys saw that one but it's it's crazy that sounds so familiar to me. Yeah, I feel like I have. It's like a woman who is like an archaeologist that doesn't play by your rules kind of character. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she like kind of stumbles upon hell. Awesome. Yeah. That's what happens and when you don't follow the rules. Yep. <laughs> I can't remember. I think it might have been in the catacombs, the Paris catacombs. Yeah, that's what it looks like it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I love the Paris catacombs. I really yeah. want to go there. Um, About like so- a year and a half ago, did you see the uh, thing that Airbnb did where they flew, like they had a contest where they flew two people out to stay the weekend in the Paris catacombs? Yeah, they did that with Dracula's castle too. Oh my God. Which I, I've been go. to there and it's so good. No. Yeah, I've definitely seen this. I um, remember liking this movie. Yeah, which that's another one where it just gets like so crazy towards the end that you just like don't care that it's that a person is filming it and like you aren't really asking the questions anymore yeah well <laughs> um i think that's kind of a way that they get around that problem it's i mean it's kind of tough because it's like if it's found footage right especially at this point in the game you're not gonna you're really not gonna trick anybody anymore into thinking that found footage is real stuff like they yeah. did that and then it was actually like yeah they did it with movie. blair which i think <laughs> that they played that game and they did it well and now we all know better <laughs> Mm-hmm. so you know it's like you either <laughs> have to before. yeah you either have to just be like paranormal activity just be like all right this is probably gonna suck but there'll be some scary moments and just you yeah. know get what you can out of it or you have to do something totally kind of batshit crazy at the end of it to like to make mm-hmm. somebody feel like oh that was totally worth watching all of that shaky footage <laughs> Because it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. You know what I mean? Like, so there's like one of two ways to go with those films now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just looking at this collection of uh, 13 lesser known found footage horror films that we dare you to watch. Um, and one mm-hmm. of them is the Manson mm-hmm. Family movies, which I think was on your list, Sierra. Yeah. I don't know how I haven't seen it because I've seen tons of things about the Manson family. So maybe I have and I just forgot about it. But I think it's really funny because they have this bar across the video that says, this video is interactive. Pause to explore. <laughs> My first thought was, <laughs> I don't really want an interactive video about the Manson family. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Eject. The less interaction, the better with the Manson family. Yeah, it just turns into you accidentally like sending letters to Charlie Manson in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Now you're looped in. You're part of the family. For life. Um, one that's on your list here that I really loved was the taking of Deborah Logan. And they, I feel like they came up with a really good, um, excuse for filming mm-hmm. and that uh, they were trying to get medical help for, uh, this mother with Alzheimer's. Yeah. So they had to have a research team come in and film her, which is pretty simplistic and they got it out of the way early. So I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Any moments within found footage movies that like super stick with you where you kind of forgot that it was some actor filming it Hmm. or like any um, uh, like YouTube videos or things like that of like, actually, maybe this is real. Like the stuff Melissa accidentally stumbled upon. Pretty much every video where you see the weird figure in the background sticks with me for like a week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm afraid to see mirrors in movies anymore because, you know, when Oh, yeah, for sure. Somebody's looking in the mirror and they're like pan too far over and there's empty mirror Mm -hmm. by them. Like, oh, shit, something's going to be in the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite moment of that was in Signs with the 
the video of the kids party and then the the alien walks across oh yeah I remember that, that was like it's been such a since shocking moment of that movie that was like the best <laughs> part of it <laughs> one thing that i feel lends itself to found footage movies that mm-hmm. is probably a little underrated is if you're in an environment that really helps perpetuate the story you're watching uh like for <laughs> And this is stupid as hell. Uh, the first time I watched the first uh, Paranormal Activity movie, I was mm-hmm. watching it at this like weird theater that we had in Asheville, uh, the Bruin View, where like you pay three bucks to watch movies that just came out of the regular theaters, and you uh-huh. sit there, and there's like a bar in the back where you can order pizza and nice and beer and shit. Uh, but so throughout the movies, the guys in the back will call names, uh, you know, for your order to come up and stuff. But this particular movie, like I'd been there a million times, but this particular movie, they would sit back there and like hit hard shit on the counter, like at just the right moment <laughs> or like flicker the lights back there in a weird That's way. Funny. Like they, they had clearly seen they're the totally movie on too many runs and they're like, all right, we got to start having fun with this audience here. Like we're in the back. We got to do something. That's funny. That's also fun yeah. when you're watching a fan footage movie and it's about like just a normal house or something and you're in your normal house. like it kind of gets into the same vein of uh like house invasion movies where it's like oh god this could be happening to me and the fact that i'm watching it on on my screen is gonna make it happen like oh my god are my doors locked yeah (laughs) or like you're you're watching a movie and then suddenly your animals in another room start making noise oh my god yes that happens to me all the time I think uh, this kind of jumping back to this idea of like stretching the idea of found footage, but movies that use footage mm-hmm. in them. Yeah. We have to mention The Ring. And I think yes. that was a case of it being done with really good quality and the right kind of impact. And also, I think it was released at a time that it wasn't so like flooded with things that were similar to it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Did the new Ring movie come out yet? I think it That's did. That's a good question. Oh, Rings. Rings, that's right? Yeah. I think it did. And I think it, it came out already. very well. Yeah, because nobody's talking Ooh, February about it. February 3rd. Got a 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I need to watch it. <laughs> I'll watch it and report back. I'll take that bullet for everybody. I'll watch it with you. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, who's the unlucky people that are in that movie? Mm. Nobody I've heard of. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Maybe they completely forgot to put some more in it. <laughs> Maybe. That would be unfortunate. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Found footage is uh, it's tricky because it's definitely a very niche area of horror. And I think it's it's weird because it's like you said, Sierra, it's one of those things where like people who maybe aren't usually into horror might check it out because they feel like mm-hmm. it's not going to be like special effects. So scary. Yeah, like, it's intense. surreal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's also one of those things that I think really committed horror fans. Some committed horror fans will just write off completely. Yeah, turn up their nose too. Well, I think it's also an interesting, I wouldn't even call it a niche. I feel like it kind of overlaps every other kind of theme in horror. Like you have found footage movies about ghosts and aliens and murderers and home invasions. And like it gets, it hits every other Uh kind of topic um, just in a certain way. And I think when the story is more thoughtful and planned out, I think it could be a really effective way of telling that kind of story. Yeah, I I agree with both of you, actually. Like, it, yeah. is, it is pretty niche, but at the same time, it does, like, span so many genres and topics. Like, yeah, it's, it's one of the weird ones that you, I yeah. think you either like it or you hate it. Yeah, it's such and a I unique... And I want more people to like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like it, it, I think it really lends itself to sci-fi pretty well. Like mm-hmm. District Nine was yeah, one of District my favorites. Yeah, District Nine was so good. Also, like Europa Report. Yeah, that's a crazy one. I think we have to mention to Cannibal Holocaust, which mm-hmm. myself I have not watched. I've seen clips of it. I'm not. I'm not big into body horror, so yeah. That's fair. Cannibal films. Um, the cannibal thing doesn't actually bother me, but I've seen like bits and pieces of like, you know, people on poles and things like that. And it's just like, no, uh, mm-hmm. I want to see that. Um, but it is kind of seen as like the granddaddy of this genre. And I think I think yeah. it's been said that it was a direct inspiration for Blair Witch, too. Did you did you see that, Sierra? I haven't seen it all the way through. No. Um, I think that one came out in the 80s and then yeah, Blair Witch came out in the 90s. It's 1980. Yeah. 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 But it's I think that's also one that people still love because it's kind of campy. Uh-huh. It's kind of the, the impression that I get. But 
again, I'm not an expert on that one. So they apparently used real, um, like tribal communities. Oh, interesting. To film it too, which was a bit. I'm not sure how I feel. Yeah, about what's that. the word? Uh, <laughs> exploitative. Uh, well, it, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's very much an exploitative film all around, you know. But uh, you know, I don't know. I guess a fucking word. Words are not working. Um, you know, it was a, it was a, a an idea. I think that was not overwhelmingly um ex- accepted yeah. <laughs> yeah even in 1980 you know just the idea of like taking these tribal people and painting them as cannibals which is mm-hmm. like They're asking savages. native americans to play savages <laughs> yeah didn't um oh shit i shouldn't have brought it up because i can't think of his name eli roth didn't he just recently do a film about basically cannibalistic tribes i want to say the movie has like green in the title green inferno that's one that I saw was coming out and I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, it's definitely got a kind of a cannibal holocaust sort of vibe to it initially mm-hmm. here. Well, and it's like a white girl goes down there. Oh, it's got a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's better than Ouch. 6%. She'll do better than Rings. <laughs> rings. Ouch. <laughs> At least Ring 2 did okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a good time to call it a call it an end to that... <laughs> That franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, um, why don't we post this list of things and then hopefully if anybody's listening to this who isn't super into found footage, they might see some things on here that they want to check out. Cool. Yeah. Because I want more people to try it. I think there's some hidden gems. Yeah. I definitely think that, you know, I don't know. I have to mention Wreck one more time. I saw it, said it briefly at mm-hmm. the beginning, but to me. Wreck is so good. That I think that was the first like zombie film that I had seen that would be considered found footage. So mm-hmm. it was particularly disturbing to see like a zombie outbreak happening. Couple of things that were kind of perfect storm for that movie. Seeing that happen from behind the lens, you know, kind of gives mm-hmm. you that like feeling of like that you're in it. And this very like personal feeling of like, you know, not like you're watching kind of from above and you can kind of think in your head like, oh, just run that way. Just go that. Just do this. You know, you can't really do that when you're watching it from a first person point of view through a camera. It feels way more close and intimate. Also, the fact that the entire film took place in an apartment building. So it had this very like claustrophobic, trapped feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, which with zombie films, it's often like you're out in the world. Zombie apocalypse. You know, you can think of like, where would you run to? Where would you hide? you climb up on that high building you don't have that option in an apartment building go to the shopping mall (laughs) no so yeah i I didn't get to rewatch that one but i watched some clips of it the other day and just was reminded of why i love that movie so much and if you really can't stand watching uh uh, subtitles you can watch quarantine yeah quarantine's okay yeah i think wreck is a lot better better you don't even need the subtitles because you just know, like, everybody's just saying, oh, shit. Just assume that. Yeah. <laughs> they're <laughs> saying, oh, shit, what's happening? It's exactly the fuck, things fuck, you're fuck, saying. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much the same dialogue you've seen in every movie with people being attacked by zombies, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's also one of the gems in the bunch. Although I will say that, you know, doing this topic has given me a list of really interesting things that I haven't seen yet that I want to delve into. Good. That was my yeah. intention. I keep seeing a reference to something Agreed. called Home Movie from 2009. Yeah, I haven't, I didn't, I tried looking for that to see if it was streaming anywhere, but it wasn't. Yeah, I've seen it listed And I think several... that was one, I think that might have even been one that came out before Blair Witch, like... Or as Blair Witch kind of came out. One site says 2008, one says 2009. So I'm not sure what's the more accurate. Oh, I'm thinking of something else. JK. Yeah, but about two demented young children who apparently are documenting their illness. (laughs) And they're, they're, uh, let's see, their skills as amateur documentaries are surpassed by their sadistically mischievous tendencies. Yeah, it sounds really, it sounds really intense. Says worth a watch for fans of Psycho Kid flicks. That's totally us. We love Psycho Kids. Yeah. <laughs> so I was totally thinking of a different one. That movie that you're thinking of is on Hulu right now. Oh. So that's an easy, easy find. I don't know which one I was thinking of. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's th- that's one that I wanted to watch too, but I didn't get the chance to do it. Oh my god! I just pulled up the movie title, f- the front of the movie box for it. It says on the movie, it says "I dare you to watch until our movie is done." With oh, the geez. two creepy little kids staring at you. <laughs> <laughs> parenting nightmares mm-hmm. <laughs> anything else you guys forgot about i think i've mentioned all the things i wanted to mention no i think we've covered it yeah yeah cool sirens of scream is a member of the mega nerd media family 
Visit meganerdmedia.com for geek-related columns, reviews, interviews, and videos. And you can find us online at sirensofscream.com or email us at sos at meganerdmedia.com. And we're on Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr at Sirens of Scream. You can find me at Sierra Hauk on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. Jackie, what about you? I am Jackie the Robot on Twitter and Instagram. Melissa? You can find me at Lissa Punch on Twitter and Instagram. Nice. And then we're talking about home invasion movies yeah. next time. So get ready for I'm that. Gonna bring my blankie and yeah. hide underneath it while we talk about it. Yep. I'm going to make sure all the doors are locked. <laughs> all the doors are locked. <laughs> and I'm going to have a big kitchen knife with me. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So we'll see you guys then. Bye. Trust me, trust me.